This is Unexpected with Hannah Love. In this podcast, you will gain a new perspective of how God loves you enough to call you to things that you couldn't have imagined for yourself. Sometimes revival begins in the most unlikely places, doesn't it? Small decisions, little seeds, they can make a world of difference. The film Jesus Revolution tells a story just like this. It's set during the Jesus movement that swept the nation in the 1970s, starting in Southern California at a little church called Calvary Chapel. In the film, we follow young Greg Laurie, who's been searching for all the right things in all the wrong places, getting carried away by the wild hippie movement. That is, until he meets Lonnie Frisbee, a charismatic straight preacher who's passionate about bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the hippies. Lonnie teams up with Pastor Chuck Smith, and in a show of radical hospitality, they open the doors of Chuck's church to the barefoot, long-haired, drug-addled hippies of SoCal. In doing so, they find themselves in a revival that will change the world. Talk about unexpected. Jesus Revolution is PG-13 and stars Joel Courtney, Jonathan Rumi, Kimberly Williams-Paisley, Anna Grace Barlow, and Kelsey Grammer. Guys, I watched it. You don't want to miss it. Such a good movie. So join me and host your very own movie night to enjoy Jesus Revolution. Available now on demand, digital Blu-ray and DVD. Visit JesusRevolution.movie to learn more. Again, that is JesusRevolution.movie. Hello, everybody. I am back, and this time with a not-so-new guest on the podcast. We decided that it would be kind of fun to do a part two, if you will, to my interview with Shay last year. So, babe. Here we are. My husband, Shay Mooney, welcome back. Thank He's, you for having me. I didn't know if I'd get invited back. Well, you're kind of a new man, so I guess you are kind of like a new <laughs> a guest. A new guest. For all of those who do not know, Shay has gone on a really um, amazing, I don't know, journey. journey. I guess you'd say. I would say a fitness journey, but it's yeah. more than that, huh? He, he, it's so much more than that, <laughs> but but he has lost over 60 pounds, um, but I think you've lost some bad habits and some other stuff along some the way. Some other things along the way. Yeah. So I just thought um, you've been an encouragement to a lot of people on social media and especially a lot of men and husbands, and I know guys have messaged you. I just thought that I would pitch it over to you and let you share uh, kind of kind of your journey. The first thing I did want to ask, I'm not super prepared, but I did want to ask you what changed for you. Oh, man. I guess, you know, standing now on the other side of it, everything has changed. You know, I think that everything about the way I live my life and just the things that I've gotten out of this journey have been kind of so many things that I, I can't hardly count the ways that it's changed me. And um, and I that's what I, I want to get into it later and ask you the things that you have seen okay. because I feel like I have <laughs> I'm been willing, keeping my head I'm down. Willing. And this is fun because, you know, obviously we have so much going on at home, so we never get to— This is kind of a this date is kind of a, This is a date. Yeah. I mean, wow. Feels wow. good. No kids. I know. Things are really heating up. But uh, I would say you, you originally asked what changed for me. Um, I got to this point— and obviously, we all went through a couple hard years there with COVID and, you know, all of that crap. And it was very sad time for me. In my head, I was feeling very sorry for myself. I got to this place where I was just, 
I was sad, you know, and I, I shouldn't have been sad. Everything that I needed for my happiness was there. Mm-hmm. It was a completion. I had my amazing family. I would say I had my health, uh, but that I didn't quite have my <laughs> health in order then. But I had all these incredible things, everything I needed. Now I see that, you know, to be happy. But I was just in this place where I was very sad and felt very, I, I was feeling a lot of grief, I think, from the loss of, you know, our tour went away at that time. And I was just kind of going through this period of, I don't know what is next for me. And as a seven, we always talk about the Enneagram. As a seven, when you're, you're kind of living your life, uh, one adventure to the next, uh, when that's taken away from you, as far as what is, what's going to happen in the future and what is the next thing that I'm looking forward to, uh, it was a very unhealthy place to be because I was looking forward to things. Right. And that goes back to that quote that I tell you all the time that I had heard, don't let the hope of future successes steal from the joy of now. And I was letting that happen all the time of just, I'm living one adventure to the next. And I just got to this place where I was feeling very sad, you know, with COVID, once that rug was pulled out from under me, I was just in this very depressed state and I should not have been. It doesn't matter how much success you have in the world. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how, how many material things or the car you drive. I mean, there's, there's a hole there that the world yeah. can't fill, and the world wants you to try to fill it with stuff. Yeah. But you were pretty deep in that unhappy place yeah. um, despite all of those things. And I do think it's important to remind people of that because especially Definitely. young kids that are like, I'm going to be a YouTuber when I grow up. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but they think that having all the stuff and the success and the fame mm-hmm. is going to fill that for them, and it's just... That's just not the truth. It's not the truth. So, and I think people, when they get to that place, when they do have those successes like I'd had, once you get to that place and you realize that, that's when really things can hit rock bottom because you realize the thing you've been kind of chasing after and hanging your hopes and dreams of happiness uh, on, when that gets taken away from you or the possibility of reaching those things. Well, it's hollow. It is completely hollow. And and some people kind of lean into that and say, well, I just don't have enough yet. Right. Uh, and they that need the to next me is, and the next and the next. You need the next and the next. But I got into that place where I was just kind of, you know, uh, the biggest, I think, you know, reason I started to see these things is I, with my health, was the biggest thing that I started to realize of, you know, it wasn't just physical health. It was mental health, uh, spiritual health. All of these things kind of revolve around one another. And as I've discovered now, all of those things are very reliant on the next. I think that when you take care of your body you know, you can't compartmentalize discipline. It starts to bleed into other wow. parts of your life. I heard that from a very wise Did you woman hear that one time. From <laughs> wise woman once told Should me. Should we repeat that? You cannot compartmentalize discipline. That's you can't it. have it in your work life and not have it in your eating or your sleeping habits or you just can't. And you, cannot. you used to tell me I can I mean you did. You told me you could do that. You're like, I can, you know. I can do this. Have discipline in my work. And <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm like, <laughs> like well, you can't, stupid. I wish I could go back and uh, have my old self listen to uh, the things that I say now. But, you know, that is a part of our journey. And I think that sometimes your lowest moments, that is the teaching. Uh, that is where the growth happens, you know, is sometimes when you do hit rock bottom, you at least then, you know, that hope is not down there. Yeah. <laughs> and I was in that place where, I can say, you know, for my life, it wasn't that I was in this horrible place, you know, with all of these things necessarily. There's a lot of people who have had to go a lot farther down, I guess, than than I was. But 
I was in this very bad place, and I our marriage was suffering. All of these things were suffering. A lot I of think escaping. A lot of a lot escaping. Of and I think the biggest thing, you know, your original question was what changed for me. And I think the main thing that happened to me was I started to feel it and see it in our kids. And I started to see that, you know, I just wasn't present in those moments. And I knew that something had to change. And you know me, whenever I get something in my head, yeah. there's nothing that's going to stop me from pursuing that and going after it. Uh, that's why we're married. Uh, didn't quit. <laughs> <laughs> Persistent. Um, but I just got to this place where I was like, you know what? I'm so done with feeling tired. I'm sick of feeling like I can't run around and play with our kids yeah. and be there for them. We only get one shot at this. Our kids, as we've seen, even through since COVID happened, Ames was born right mm-hmm. before COVID hit. And now he's three years old. And I was just starting to see these little moments slip away. And I was just, I just said, this is not going to happen. Um, you know, I don't know how old I was then years ago. I think I was 21. <laughs> I know. I, I think I was like, you know, I guess 29 or 30 at, around that time around COVID. But when this happened, this was, I guess, almost a year ago now, 10 months, something like that, when I started to kind of have this it, Honestly, moment. we recorded right before, yeah. you know, the great shedding, as we call it. The great shedding is what we call it <laughs> at our house. The great shedding. I love referencing that to you as well. Yeah, well, that was, that was before the shedding. You yes. Know? But uh, yeah, that's where I got. And I was just like, you know what? I'm doing this and it's going to be hard, but I'm, I'm done. I've, I'm so sick of feeling this way. And uh, So what did you cut out first? The first thing that I did, I started physically. It was kind of my diet. You know, I was like, I know that I can't eat the way that I'm going to eat. And I know that I can't drink as much as I can. So I completely cut out alcohol. I completely cut out you know, bad foods. And I was like, let me just, no breads, no processed foods, no sugar. And I was just like, let's start there (laughs) and see what that does. And I just, you know, started walking. Yeah. So just so everyone knows, I want to be clear that there was no special diet. There wasn't anything fancy. Um, There was nothing like a celebrity trainer involved. This was just you cutting out alcohol, cutting out bread, cutting out processed foods, and really kind of just following a whole, like a, a, whole food diet, yeah, but yeah. not the whole food diet, but just like making sure the food that you're putting in your body was like real. Yeah, whole, it was real good food. Yeah. And that's a great point that you bring that up because I get that probably that question or I guess maybe that comment more than anything. I would see that on my Instagram when I posted kind of the before and after people were like, well, you know, it's pretty easy when you've got a celebrity trainer and you have a chef, you know, and all these things and people just kind of assume that that's what it was. Hey, if you've got if you got the money to do that, I'm not saying that those things are bad. I just knew that I had to do this for myself. And I think that it really starts with your choices. Like it has to be your choices. What whatever way you get there, it starts with your choices. And right. that first choice is that you're done and that you're cutting these things out and that there's no compromise. And I throughout this entire thing, the one thing, if they're like, Oh, what diet did you do? I was doing intermittent fasting. I was doing Whole food, you know, dieting and obviously cutting out the alcohol. Not dieting. It was just it wasn't lifestyle. dieting. It was it was a that was the change. That's right. a really good it, point. It was a lifestyle. It was a lifestyle. It wasn't shift. a diet. Yes, that's exactly what it was. Because I have done things in the past that were diets, like the whole thirty. Yeah. Not saying that the whole thirty is bad. No, it would you work. drop so much weight. You but drop it came weight. Right back. Comes right back because if it's not a complete timeline shift of okay, this is the way that I live now. If this is not for a period of time. And I kind of had in my head, I knew that if I could do something consistently for six months, 
I gave myself, you know, six months to get there, not in order to then revert back to what I had done. Right. But I was just like, I know that if I can do something, work out every day in some kind of way, and I was doing like, I was walking seven miles. That was just kind of my thing. I knew if I did this every day and stayed consistent on it, I just wanted to see what that did. And as I started to go down that path, it just started to fall off. Yeah. And I started to think more clearly. And I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, the sugars and the alcohol was a huge thing because it was just, mm-hmm. it makes you eat horrible, <laughs> you know, at night. Well, and the processed better. foods. And yeah, the processed food, everything. Foggy. And now we've gone down all the rabbit holes with healthy. <laughs> we um, watched all the documentaries. Yeah, all the documentaries. Yes. But it was, uh, it was just really, really exciting to start to feel kind of the, the benefits of of a consistent lifestyle and not this kind of up and down. And I had uh, actually heard an interview with John Mayer. Uh, it was just on Instagram or something. And he was talking about him going sober and kind of what that did to his life. And I related to it a lot because as musicians and as artists, as really anyone who is doing these very exciting things and having these dopamine spikes all the time, mm-hmm. alcohol was one of those things that when you go out and you have this feeling – and it's like, you know, you it's a the highs are really high, but the lows, you know, it's it's really low. It starts to kind of really mess with your ups and your downs. And he was talking about it first when you go sober, and I'm using my hands to talk. <laughs> this is a hard <laughs> not to I know you can't see this, but you know, you have your line, alcohol is very high. Whenever you do that, you have that feeling. But whenever you, you know, you, when you stop drinking, you go sober, your line is significantly lowered at, at all times. You know, your, your line, your bar kind of lowers altogether. And things kind of seem boring at first. Boring. And that's how I felt. It was like, this is kind of, you know, there's nothing to look forward to. You know, and me as a seven this was like, what's, what's the next? This isn't exciting. Um, but over time, as you live that consistent lifestyle, I started to see that entire bar raised where – waking up in the morning and spending time with the kids, with you, and like all of this just started to raise my bar all the time. And there was no dips. There were no highs. And there, it, not that there weren't highs, but the highs weren't this really high and then someone cuts your parachute and then you're just crashing to the ground well, is a good way to visualize it. What I'm hearing you say is that for the first time, not the first time, but probably in our marriage for the first time, you cut out the coping mechanisms, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And that put you down here. My hands are low. But then you sat in it for long enough to enjoy what was God-given around you. Absolutely. And so it was like your your cup was starting to fill up. Yeah. Like your emotional and your spiritual cup because the things that God put in your life, your wife, I mean, it's me, your kids— yeah, there, uh, like, like those I said, there's the things that started to fill you. Yeah, and I could see that in you. Like I could see that because, to be honest, when you first started, I was just like, I know that when he puts his mind to things, he really does it. But I just feel I'm just like holding my breath because I don't, I don't know that this is going to be a forever thing. I just it yeah. could be like a few months or you know. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, that's. I think I had that doubt too. You know, for a second, where I was like, can I? do this, you know, but as but you I don't just think you'll continue, ever go back now. I'll never go back. And and here's why I've, I never have done anything. I don't know if that's proper grammar. I've never have done anything this <laughs> We're long. We're from Arkansas, everybody. <laughs> yeah. But I, I've never done anything this consistent for this long. And I feel like I've had that consistency in my inconsistency, if that makes sense, in my erratic behavior where that was just, you know, whenever I would cope, 
I would go back to that place, you know, where it's like, all right, I'm going up and doing these things and distracting my mind from reality. Uh, because my reality was scary, I thought at the time. I was feeling, I think the biggest thing, and I think men need to hear this as well as women. Yeah. But I think the biggest thing for me is I, I started to really feel sorry for myself. Mm-hmm. And I look back now at ways that I coped at the beginning of our marriage. We were thrown into the lion's den of, yeah. <laughs> per se, of being like, just feeling sorry for myself. Like I was somehow just poor me. You know, and I got to this place where, like, I can't believe that I— Your career I'm, was taken off. My career off. was taken off, and now I'm just this—I'm I'm this married guy. I'm boring. Like, I have this—you know, all these, yeah. these like, really—these lies, really. Yeah. And what I started to realize is when I started to live a consistent lifestyle, I started to look around me, and the fulfillment that I had was just abundant. And it was like, what I've been looking for has been here the entire time. I was just— Focusing on the wrong things, yeah. and it was just you were trying stealing to fill it my with joy. What the world had offered. Yes, I was trying to fill it with all these things, and the problem was is that I was getting a lot of these things, and then they, it was such a letdown. Yeah, it was such a letdown, and it was just not worth all of the lost time, you know that that we've had, and something that I've been trying to look, you know, look around. And this is probably another part of it. This will split us off in another place, but we've been talking about a lot recently about living in the now. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, especially in that place, I was either looking back on memories, uh, whether that brought stress or grief or happy thoughts or whatever it was, I was looking back or forward to things that I had coming Mm -hmm. that were, and it goes back to that, don't let the hope of future successes. I had a lot of those future successes of opportunities that I knew were coming, but then I was just, I was not enjoying it. I was, I was not there present Mm -hmm. in the moment. And I think that that is the very definition among other things. I feel like God is the now. And I was talking to you about that the other day. There's a a quote in a C.S. Lewis book, and and it was just talking about how, you know, the past is the past. The the most holy moment is the present because that's where God is. Because he is, you know, he is yesterday, today, always. He's He's the same. He is outside of time. But for us as humans, we live within the bounds of time. So we live, we have past, present, and future. Yeah. Um, But past is gone, and we're not in the future yet. So the most holy place we can be in is right now. Yeah, and it says it in the Bible, you know. It's like, (laughs) let let tomorrow worry about tomorrow. And also, by the way, we're not promised tomorrow. So why are you holding so much weight sure. in what's to come. That's... And there was just so much beauty in that. And I was like, man, these moments that I look forward to, or even like, hey, I want to do this in the future of like, I want to build this for us. I want to get this job, you know, sure. book this show, book these, this and tour, whatever. And are not bad. No, they're not bad, but they are, when you, when they become you, When they become the, the high that you're looking yes. for, rather than the place that you're living. Yes. Because that becomes, right, that's the, the, the hope is is the dopamine spike. That is kind of like the high of mm-hmm. getting something and putting so much anticipation and putting so much weight in what is going to come. Even when that comes, because mm-hmm. I've had those moments too, mm-hmm. when it gets there, I'm like, I'm super let down because I've allowed myself to hold all my weight and put so much anticipation right. and put so much pressure on that moment that it is always going to be a letdown. Yeah. And rather than letting myself enjoy where I'm at, right now, because we're never going to be anywhere else than right now. And once you fully realize that, I used to worry about stuff. I'd stress about losing my voice. I would stress about, you know, doing this or the show that I got. And it was always the thought of it. When I got there, it was never that bad. But I allowed myself in the moment 
not to enjoy where I was because I was too worried about, well, I got to go do this show. Right. And then, and again, I would feel sorry for myself of like, this is just so much pressure. And it was just, it was all a lie. Yeah. Well, let me just take a minute too. And I mean, this sounds pluggy, but May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not me just throwing these things out there about alcohol, but alcohol induces a lot of anxiety. Yeah. I mean, there's so many studies that have proven it. And also our diet, like certain things in our diet can make you foggy, can mess with your hormones, can mess with your mind and give you an increased level of, what is, is it cortisol? Yeah. Is that the, be, the bad, the bad hormone? Uh, yeah. Stressor? It is. I think yeah. it is. It sounds bad. Yeah, it sounds, sounds bad. That's why they named it that. <laughs> um, I read that somewhere. But cortisol yes, and, sounds good. <laughs> and so that, and that played a part in it too. I mean, for, really. Yeah, it, yeah. There's, you, there's so much stuff that you realize like, you know, I, when I started, you know, Fat rewind, and I think we talked about this on the podcast last time, but before uh, COVID hit, you know, two weeks before when we were about to have Ames, Mm. I had my first panic attack, and I did not know what that was. And now looking back on it, I I was so unhealthy in so many ways, and mainly in food, Mm -hmm. and a lot of that had to do with alcohol. But, you know, the mix of those things are is just— the perfect storm. It's the perfect storm. And it was because my levels were all off. And I mean, I was, you know, went and did a blood panel and I feel like everybody should do that because you really see what your levels and guys don't want to talk about, you know, hormone levels. We don't, we, if we ignore it, it doesn't exist. And I don't want to talk about that. Women do that as well. And I think that, you know, once I realized, I was like, man, I am, I'm so out of whack. And it was because my diet and all of these things. And, you know, I know this is not like a health food podcast, but for me, and I think for everyone, our mind, our body, and our spirit are so connected. They're all connected. God made us that way. And I and I have seen now, and I if you don't take care of your body, everything else suffers. Sure. Your your mind, and it doesn't matter. You you have to do all of those things together. And for me, and I think for everyone, you know, this this is our body, you know, and we obviously we, we have only a get spirit. One. We only get one of these. And I think it starts there. It starts with what we put into our body. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, now going down the rabbit hole, we realize that your gut health directly impacts your your brain. Mm-hmm. It is so connected and what you put in your body matters. And, and then that spins off into your spirit, your confidence, I mean, everything. I can speak as a woman who's had three babies now and I'm like on the on the you know, back end of baby number three and trying to get my body back. And I know there's a lot of pressure there, but it's less about societal pressure for me than it is my own mental yeah. health. And I know that sounds um, silly or maybe like conceited, but but when I look at my body and I know it's in a good condition and I know that I, it's strong and that's, yeah. like, I've seen my body in that shape. Yeah. Not like actual shape. Yeah, not form, <laughs> but like I've seen me in good shape and yeah. I know what it looks like when my body is as healthy as it can be. Yeah. And so for me to get back there, that improves my confidence. That improves really every aspect for me. It I'm does. happier, I'm healthier, and it's not in a vain way, but it's just I feel my best. Yeah. And that translated for you. I watched you like yeah. day after day losing you know, pound after pound. And and you've always been the most confident person I've ever met. I mean, literally. <laughs> I mean, I got you. Um, you know what I mean? But I just <laughs> watched that kind of take over yeah. y- your inner confidence yeah. in another way. Like, um, 
and I'm not saying that you were dependent on your voice for your confidence, but you, it took kind of some of that stress off from what it I could d- see. It absolutely did. I mean, it changed everything. I mean, I got to this point where I could tell it. I'm a very confident person. But and you're funny, and you, you could rely on your humor, but... It, it just, if you're not feeling well, and I think that there is this stigma now, and that we've gotten, we've gone so far in the wrong direction of, you know, glorifying, you know, just, you got to love yourself. You got to love yourself. Yes, all those things are absolutely true. If you love yourself, take care of yourself. If you love yourself, though, like you say, you need to take care of yourself. Because it is not that is such a cop out to be like, oh, you have to you have to love your body absolutely. But if you love your body, you take care of it. Mm-hmm. If you love someone, and you're, it, it it just doesn't make sense. Right. The, the, like the, if you <laughs> love your car, yes, take care you of take your car. Care you're of not gonna skip your oil changes yeah. and not put gas in it and trash it. And never take it to the car wash. Exactly. Right? It starts to become the math does not math. You know when you start to. <laughs> To get down and, you know, this, the culture that we live in, you know, this, this very, very woke culture that we have all cultivated uh, and we don't want to offend anyone. You know, there are things from along the way that we took. Yes, these are good. You don't want to, don't bully. You know, there's like things that come out of this. You can't bully someone. You shouldn't shame someone for where they're at. That's not the point. But we also shouldn't go so far in the other direction mm-hmm. to where we then completely lose the standard of what it is to be healthy. There's no ill will Whenever you're talking about health, right. there there is a fact, there is a truth, and it is there, and the, and that exists for our bodies. Right. And it is not being su- supremely overweight is not something to glorify. Right. And it is also not something to look at and be like, look at that idiot for not taking care of their body. That's not the point. It comes from a place of love because when you're at that place, you are not at your best. You do not feel good. I just know you are not mentally there. And for me, being I was. I'd gotten very, very chubby and I was, you know, I was that, I was so unhealthy. And, you know, if I wanted to lean in and be like, you know what? No, this is me. I love my body and I'm going to take care of it. I was not taking care of it. I was eating crap. I feel like, you know, this stigma is starting to move back in the other direction where people are realizing we can't glorify unhealthy behavior in the, and hide it with, oh, this is just, we need to, we need to love people. We need to do this. That's not loving people. Mm-hmm. Let's just call that what it is. Right. That is the exact opposite of loving people. That is neglect, and it's just it's not love. Really, is the same in the Bible. I mean, yeah. it, the Bible says, you know, I think today's culture confuses love and tolerance. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I think that they think that because you're tolerating and accepting someone's behavior, someone's whatever, then that's love. Yeah. But real love is pointing out truth in in every aspect, right? In our health, um, in lifestyles, in choices, that's really loving someone. And I know we've both been in places where we had to call out truth to people that we love because we love them. Yeah. That was really, really hard, but we love them too much not to. Yeah. Right? And I think that's the key, too, is like, you know, you, we have our community of people. It's, it doesn't mean you have to go out and, you know, attack people on the street for their bad eating habits. You know, no, these are if, if the people in your community. Right. That's where you start, you know, people that you genuinely love and would feel comfortable with, you know, trying to help. And that's why I really want to talk about these things because I am not, uh, I am the, the, the least like health guru, guru person, you know, but I have also, I've done this. Right. 
And that's why I've, I get so many messages of people asking, like, what did you do? You know, and, you know, how did you do it? And, you know, can I do that too? You know, could you help me? And I think that there's no specific diet. Uh, I think everybody, you know, is different. Obviously, there are certain things that everybody can just grab onto of like, hey, don't eat whole foods. <laughs> don't eat processed foods. Like we have so much crap on the shelves that people, we shouldn't, none of us should be eating, yeah. you know, they shouldn't even be on the shelves. It is slowly killing our society. And it's very sad. But I think that whatever it is you're doing, you have to do something consistently. And you can't just do it for 30 days. You got to do it for the rest of your life. And you got to ask yourself, and I was, this was kind of something I said, and I've held on to it. And I, thought, I think it's really funny. If you want to do the whole 30 or something like that, and you want to do these fad diets, if you want to lose weight for 30 days and feel good for 30 days, then do the whole 30. But if you want to change your life, you got to, you have to eat that way for the rest of your life. It just makes sense. You know I mean? You can't just get to this place, do this super diet. And then all of a sudden you're going to be like, awesome. I'm right. going to go back to eating whatever I want. It just doesn't make any sense. And I it mean, doesn't work. There's a saying, it's, good. it's just about good things take time or, you know, the oh. best things are worth the wait. And, and it's one of those, we live again in an instant gratification yeah. society where we want it. I mean, I think that's the other thing that people have been asking. They're like, oh, is Shay taking Ozempic? Ozempic. Yeah, is yeah. That it? Is, yeah. That, is that what Ozempic, it is? Some, you know, there's some shots or whatever something it is. out there that like yeah. a lot of celebrities and people are taking to, to drop weight. And, and it's kind of offensive because I'm like, no, no, no. Like I've seen them do the heart work. Yeah. And the legwork, you know? Yeah. And um, I don't, I don't, you know, I, people are always looking for the answer fix. and that quick fix. And the problem, not to get too in the weeds with that, this is going to be fully a, a health podcast, but people are losing muscle and they're not really losing actual fat that they want to. Mm. And when you get off of that, I mean, the, it's, I, they're, they're already seeing, you know, the results of what that's doing to people. And, there's just the the long and short of it is there are there are no shortcuts. There's a good to metaphor this. in there somewhere. I, I, I just know it. <laughs> there's one in there, but I, it is there. There are no shortcuts with right. trying to get healthy. You just it doesn't work because it it goes against everything that you know what our human nature is. You can't do something for a short time and then expect that to live on for the rest of your life. Right. It is an everyday thing, just like Paul said, I die daily. Right. And I've, I, I go back to that now, and I read that verse very differently, because obviously we have to die to ourselves every day. And I think a part of that, a huge part of it, is taking care of our bodies, because yeah. I am not where I want to be spiritually whenever I am eating like crap and I feel tired, right. and I'm not sleeping, well, and I get all these things, you know? As humans, we, we have fleshly desires, and those yeah. are different than what Holy Spirit calls us to, Right like what God calls us to. And so that is dying to self. So yeah. that uh, that largely is that flesh is your appetite. It, it is, is controlling it is, those urges. Yeah, and, it is all yeah. of those things. You know, it could be lust. It could be all these things. When the summer months are coming and you're trying to fill your kids' time, what's your go-to? Swimming lessons, art class, camp? It feels like there's so much time ahead of us, and it never fails. The schedule gets as busy as usual. It's just different busy. This summer, set aside time to slow down and focus on faith with your kids. Awana has a new subscription called Talk About, and it's a perfect way to build Bible time into your days. Just sign up. Try a month for free, and when you love it, because you will love it, it's only $5.99 a month for weekly content, like scripture discussion guides, Bible activities, and even a Spotify playlist to go along with the themes. 
You can talk faith together for hours or just for a few minutes, knowing that you're helping the people you love most to see and understand how God shows up every day in their lives. That is an epic summer. Visit TalkAboutDiscipleship.com and use code Hannah to start getting your free content this week. That's TalkAboutDiscipleship.com. And now back to our show. Okay, something that I wanted to ask you, just because I know a lot of my listeners are um, wives or, you know, hope to be wives one day, what would you say is something that they could do um, if they see this in their husband to support them in it? And I know, and, and kind of too, like, there, we don't want there to be a shame attachment to that. Like we, yeah. I loved you, and I saw how unhealthy you were, but I also knew that you had to make your choices for you. Yeah, I, I think I mean I, it's it's a very simple answer, and it's probably not the one that you're looking for. But the hard part about it is, is that it has to be a personal choice, and I would say prayer. Yeah is a huge one. Yeah. I know so um, many people that were praying for me, and I know that is a little cliche. It's not. But it shouldn't be. I tell you You know, what, it is powerful, and it, and it worked for me. I and walk it was every day. Yeah. You know I do. Yeah. I mean, we take turns with who gets the kids while we go, you know, work out <laughs> or, or walk. But I walk every day, and every day, every day for years, I, yeah. I have given you over to God. Yeah. And and it looks just, just as simple as, like, God, like, I give my husband to you. Yeah. Like I consecrate my husband to you because he's yours and you're you're pursuing him and you're chasing after him and there's a relationship there that I don't have and it is a hole that only you can fill. Yeah. And I pray that every day. And I still pray over you every yeah. day. Uh, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> but Thank you, Jesus. But back to your back to your question, it really is something that you have got to, and maybe one day I'll have. There are a bunch of great podcasts and things out there that will inspire men, and I I pray that my story impacts people because it's a, especially for guys. You know, it's like we don't get enough of those you know right. men talking about things that men don't normally talk about, right. and just seeing a normal guy like me of just like, hey, he was he was overweight, he was eating like crap, he eats like I do, and yeah. he now he's doing this. You know, what happened there? Yeah. I think that is a, you know, there's a ton of those stories out there like mine, and I think that that would be a good thing, you know, if, if there's a, you know, send them my story mm-hmm. uh, and, and talk about it, because it's completely changed my life, you know, in the way that we live our lives. And and I think that just, just speaking for the wife portion, like for me, that looked like you being in this slump, right? Yeah. Like a, kind of a, not lifelong slump, but as long as we'd been yeah. married, like it, you were always tired. Yeah. You didn't have the energy to play with the boys. Yeah. You were irritable. Yeah. And I'm not trying to like call out all these like me to no, be mean the, to you, but like the these truth. are some so of the kind of red flags, I guess. Yeah. And and it was chronic. Like yeah. there was never a like oh like he had a, a good day. It was just yeah. constantly <laughs> that was that was life. Yeah. Until it was like, and you told the story. You told the story last time you were here about how. Even in the midst of that, you know, Asher ran by and he was like, Daddy, don't get my tickles. Yeah. You know, and that was that that was a light bulb for you of being like, what's important to me? Yeah. You know, but that was kind of on the success end. Yeah. I feel like and the chasing that. 
Yeah. And so I guess that's why I wanted to know what changed for you because that was a pivotal moment. Yeah, it was. Yeah. But then it took a few years to translate. Sure. That it moment. takes time to undo all of these habits and things that I mean it was you know God was working on my heart slowly but surely you know and I think patience uh, is another thing you know talking about what wives can do I, I you were so patient with me throughout all of this and God bless you for it I because a lot of people patient. would be done which you you were you didn't leave me you know? I didn't I was <laughs> you didn't the, leave probably the worst thing I did was every time you would snack I would say are you bored or are you actually are you yeah, that part didn't work. I wouldn't <laughs> suggest doing that. that. No, that, that might have prolonged it a few months. I, I probably sh- that may, what not to do. Don't don't ask every time he. You, is we could eating. you and I could sit down and make a list uh, of things of pe- yes, what not to do. If, if you're eating because you're bored or eating because you're hungry, don't do that. Don't yes. do that. Sorry. I want to talk about moving on. I think we've we've covered kind of the physical uh-huh. thing. I want to talk about another pivotal part. Uh, of kind of our journey of, of where we really saw some growth okay. um, for, especially for guys, you know, in a marriage, but also for, for wives as well to hear this. I know that a huge moment, I had this place where I was, I was losing weight and I was getting to this place where I was stoked, you know, I was pursuing, I'm killing it, working out every day. But I think a huge moment uh, was, I, I had this realization in my head of like, you know what? Hannah has been leading our home for the last five years. And I wrote you a letter. Yeah. You want to talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were cute. There's your intro. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, again, if if y'all want to go back and listen to our first um, conversation, if you're not familiar, there was a really really hard season in the beginning where I I did kind of hand you over to God because I just was at my rock bottom and. Yeah. I knew that I had to give you to him, um, but in that moment, we had a newborn who was Asher, and I was like, I, th- I remember telling you, like, I was weeping. I wasn't sobbing. I wasn't huffing. I literally just had tears that were just streaming down my face, and I just looked at you, and I was like, I love you, and I'm praying for you, but if you're not going to lead our house, I'm going to lead our house. I'm going to lead our baby. Yeah. And I don't want to do that. I've never wanted to do that. Yeah. Like when when I knew that I met my person to marry, I I wanted him. I told you. I told you that when we were dating. I said the next man that I date, I'm going to marry, and he's going to lead our house in Christ. And so there we were married with a baby. And (laughs) it was like my worst nightmare. I was like, if you won't lead, I'll lead because I have to. Yeah. But I didn't want this. Yeah. But I'm going to do it. Because our baby is too important not to. Yeah. Not that he wasn't important to you, but. Yeah, but I, I was not the leader of our home. And that is, that's what God created me to do, was to be the leader. And I just remember having that moment. And just that simple letter, I just, it yeah. essentially said. He hit it in the car. And so I, 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 got, car. I got in the car and he stood there outside the door watching me, waiting, and I smile, looked up. My cheesy was, smile. He was just grinning so big, and I opened it up, and um, I might have gotten a little teary-eyed because he he said— I'll tell you what I said so okay. you don't have to cry. Um, I just—I had this moment. I'd already decided. I was like, you know what? It was a realization, really, of like, I literally have let my wife lead our home. 
and you've done a phenomenal job. But I was like, I, I feel like it's really important for me to let her know that that's not the case anymore. Um, it's my turn, you know, to lead this. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just essentially said, uh, you know, you're, thank you for your service. Yeah. I think is what I said. Um, but it's time for me to pick up, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm planting the flag in the ground. You know, this is, you say, I will lead you, our home. You said you, know? you, you can, you can lay it down now yeah. and I'm, and I'm going to pick it up and, and it was a it was a big moment. It was a big yeah. moment. Whew. <laughs> I didn't think I we were going to cry this I time. I, we were in a happy know. place. But we cried for. But you know what? That it's and, very powerful. And thank you for for being a man enough um, to share that because I think just hearing that, if nothing else, and um, that could change someone's life. Yeah, that's what we're called to do. Yeah, it is our jobs, and I think that's another thing that we've gotten away from in our society. It's like, well. You can't just say that, you know, a woman could do it too. Absolutely. Yeah. There are certain situations where women have to, you know, the, the, the husband isn't around. And there's so many incredible single mothers that do it and, and God empowers them to do that. Um, but I also think that we need to remember that in a home, like it is, it's our job as husbands to lead and to lead well. It is, when you look at the stats of many, many different things, mm. a huge difference is having a husband in the home, having a father in the home and leading them. I mean, you look at the stats of everything. You can look at crime. You can look at a million different stats and the difference of a parent in the home, a dad in the home leading uh, with the wife and that family construct uh, there is just so powerful Uh, and not that it can't work in other ways at all. But I think that it's almost gets demonized of having this the father leading the home. It's like, well, right. no, the, the wife can do it. Yeah, this is toxic. It, no, God, God built you to do that. Yeah, and God built me as your wife to to serve under you. Yeah, um, and that doesn't mean servitude. No, no, that that just means honoring you as our leader and looking to you now to make choices first. Yeah, what are your thoughts on that before we? You, you know, like, I'm coming to you. Yeah. Not that I didn't come to you to make important decisions, but but now it's it's different. It's a partnership, right. you know, and this is a, you can rely on me now to, just in those moments where, you know, you're looking for leadership and you're looking for guidance, not that I'm always going to have the answers, but I am there in that role. Right to lead you and to lead our family and to not just, uh, I don't know how we're going to discipline our kids or right. do all of these things. Like that's our job as men and we have to step up. One of the biggest things that I, not biggest, but like if you just want to talk about like um, things that I noticed in you, yeah. like after kind of the passing of the baton there and after you writing that letter, um, I don't want to say for the first time, but like the first First thing that I noticed was that I wasn't trying to wake you up 10 minutes before church <laughs> so you could get yourself ready after I'd got the kids ready yeah. to go to church and, like, tell you that we're going to church. Yeah. You were like, come on, family, we're going to church. And, yeah. like, you got up and you helped take care of the kids with me and you took us to church. Yeah. You know, and I, that sounds like such a little thing, but it's kind of a 
it was a big thing. Yeah. I, I think that a lot of those moments that we've had that are that seem like little things are it's just the fruit of of hard work and, and these disciplines that I've, you know, put in place and I don't well, know, it's just it's, it's so also- much more exciting too for guys. Like we need purpose. That's yeah. something that God put in us is we ha- that's like the main driving force of like why we do what we do. Right. We want to feel wanted, we need to feel yeah. needed. We have to have a purpose. Right. And I think that's probably uh, a huge part of why you know people look it's not just that they're chasing after these things they're putting their purpose right. in these things and my purpose on earth is not to be a singer my purpose is to be a dad babe yeah yeah and I think that that is another huge piece that men probably need to hear because I know there's a weight on men to provide yeah provide, you know, financially for their family, provide, um, you know, well for their family. But I, I told you, I remember telling you a million times, if we didn't have a penny, yeah. like if we didn't have any of it, if we, <laughs> if we had to move. And I remember I was like, if we had to move back to Arkansas in a one bedroom house, like this would be enough for me. And, and what I meant by that was like, God is enough, and you as my husband, and like you leading our home. Yeah, that's enough. That's. I was the trying provision. to say my purpose is my as being a father and a husband, but I couldn't get that up. <laughs> we, we know, we understood it, uh, but that is that is the ultimate provision. Yeah. Is is that spiritual leadership, and 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 you're right. Like there are statistics. Um, I couldn't tell you the numbers, but I can tell you it's like eighty to ninety percent of a home statistically will come to know Christ if the dad knows Christ. Yeah. And then it drops to like 40-ish maybe if the mom knows Christ. And then like if the kids come to know Christ and bring it to the home, it's like, you know, 12, 17%, something yeah. something lower. But like if the dad, if the dad has a relationship with Christ, if the dad leads the home there, then almost 90% of the time, you know, like yeah. that whole family's life will be changed. In business, you know, you look at, you know, we run, Dan and I run a business, you know, and this is, we've always done it this way and treated people well. If we treat our people well, they treat other people well. It goes down, so on. Right, it's the fruit. And it is, you know, it starts at the top always. And in a family, the father is at the top. Not that the wife is not there right beside him, but it has to be, you know, and, and like I said, there are a, a thousand single dads, single mothers that do an incredible job. Not that it cannot work in that way, but I think for you know, for us, it was like that was a huge shift. It's just it's the way that God made us, you know. And it just I don't know. It's exciting. It was very exciting for me to realize my purpose is to be a father and a husband, and what that brought to me for my happiness was just like an explosion of like possibilities. It became like, okay, I'm coming home to rest now and to like enjoy. This is vacation. And it used to be like, oh, I go, I go rest on the road and then I come home and I'm like, I I was coping. It was almost like work. It was like, my goodness. And not that parenthood is not work. It's still hard. It's really hard. the, The fulfillment is just, it's crazy how much differently I view it now than I did. You know, and I'm coming from this place of like, man, we get to do this. And and I genuinely in my heart know now 
if music completely went away, sure, I'd be sad, but I would have everything that I needed right there. And there'd be, you know, and I don't think that that music is not going to be taken away. But even if I was just doing it for fun, I'm, I can never lose. No one can take that from me, right. creating. And that's why finding joy in the process of doing those things, the process of creating music. That's where you find your joy of from music, this God-given gift that I have. I, I get fulfillment from going into the piano room and playing the amazing piano that you got me for Christmas <laughs> and, and playing with the boys and having these like these moments and just life got so much richer. Mm. And it was just like, this is what it's supposed to feel like. Mm-hmm. Sure, you're going to have ups and downs, but it is not the same. My, my joy, my happiness is completely reliant on my family on, and on oh. God. It is, it's that. It's home. It's all those things that mean home. And then once you take that pressure out, it doesn't matter what house you live in. Your home is your family. It's Asher, Ames, and Abram, and Hannah Mooney. You know, that's it. <laughs> and that takes pressure off because then you stop chasing after these things in order to get what you think your family needs. Right. Where it's like, well, if we, we wouldn't be, we'd be all so much happier if we could live in a 20,000 square foot house and we'd have room to do this and room to do this. And it's just, it's missing the point. It, none of that matters. Mm-mm. A bigger house does not matter. And it's just, it, it, none of those things do. And you can pursue all of those things, but that's not where happiness lives. We actually cut a song for our next record. <laughs> that is, it talks about that very thing. And it, it, I just, I love the song so much because it literally talks about, it's called Bigger Houses. I don't know when that will be out. Well, maybe we can't talk about that yet, <laughs> but it is I gravitated to that so much because it, uh, it, the hook is the thing about happiness I found is it don't live in bigger houses. And it's just, that's such a cool way to sum it up because it really doesn't, you know, and I've, we've been to that place and we are so blessed and have been able to, we have this beautiful home and it's not that that is the root of the problem. But when you're pursuing that and you're pursuing a bigger house, because that's why it's bigger. It's not, it doesn't live in big houses. It doesn't live in bigger because you can always have more. You can always. There's always a bigger house out there. There's always a shinier, newer truck. There's always a newer. In some people too, in their marriage, there are. There's younger people. Yeah. There's young. You know, there's like. There's something new out there, and there always ways will be. There always. will always be those things, and it's just simply hollow. The real goodness when you start really like living life to the fullest, it does not exist in the pursuit of things. those things. It is in the planting those seeds in your kids and watching them grow. Yeah, it's in the all of those things, the rich, rich moments. And we're just getting to that part. It's pretty we're exciting. Just getting there. I sure, yeah. I sure came home from library last week, and you remember the book that he brought home that he chose. He, the, of Bible. All, uh, the Bible. <laughs> the Bible. He brought home the Bible, yeah. and he has a thousand Bibles, but that's his favorite book. It is. It's... <sighs> It's is good. And you know what? Um, I don't want to talk everyone's head off too much today, but one, one more visual I do want to give and one more encouragement that I do want to give is that um, if you are in a valley, um, it, it's like Shay said at the beginning, that the valleys are where you're grown, Yeah. Um, that on your knees um, and in your darkest places, that's where you're grown. And I love this visual 
you know, there's the mountaintops and then there's the valleys below. And if you think about it, the valleys below are usually covered in grass yeah. because that's where the richness settles. And that's where, that's where the water flows. Yeah. And that's where, you know, it's the bottom. Yeah. But that's the richest soil. Yeah. And that's what will bring growth from your life. So I just want to encourage you, if you feel like you're in a bottom place and it's dark and, and you feel like there's there's no getting out, like the bottom is where the richness can come from. The bottom is where you can grow um, and, and it can produce the most beautiful seasons of your life. And and life will always be full of hills and valleys like the Torin Will song. Yeah. But don't. I just pray that whoever's listening that that you don't get so lost in that valley place that you forget um, that God can use that unexpected or that darkness and turn yeah. it for the good. Um, again, I say this all the time, but the darker the night, the brighter the stars. Yeah. Um, and I feel like in our years of marriage, we've had some dark nights, um, and I'm just seeing the stars shine so bright right now yeah. in this season of life. Really bright because really that bright. contrast is it's heavy. Yeah, and that is I love that uh, that visual because I, people ask me, yeah, you know, sometimes you know you get these interview questions of like if you could go back and you could change something, I wouldn't change one. <laughs> wouldn't change one thing because now <laughs> that I've been down there. And I'm not going back, you know. Yeah. And now that I'm in this place, I know what emptiness feels like. Mm. But having that contrast now is God used that place to say, well, mm. <laughs> you felt that. Right. Don't do that again. You know, and to know now, okay, there's my marker. Don't ever go back again. And I just now feeling like this, you know, pursuing after greatness in every aspect of my life. It's just it's changed my potential too. I, I have no idea what God's gonna use me with and in our band. You know, Dan and I are in a better place than we've ever been. It's very exciting. You know, so many things on the horizon. But now I have home base. Yeah. And I've never really had that. I have been pursuing this out here in hopes of building a home base, mm-hmm. which doesn't is so stupid. <laughs> you know, when you think about it. But now I have home. Yeah. And that is where I get my rest. And everything else goes from that hub, and that's where I find my joy. That's where I I fill myself up. Right. And now bringing in these men that are also leading well, and that cultivating its own my story, cultivating its own kind of Ministry. you know throwing out seeds of its own uh, kind of thing of like oh well I I want that you know and it's just that is the way God intended it to be mm. because if I wasn't there also. I wouldn't have this story. If I was just fine <laughs> all yeah. the time, I wouldn't have a story. Yeah. There would be no story to tell. Right. You know, and it's like when you look at a before and after picture, if I were to post that and I look like I do now and it was just like I he I guess he looks like a little bit better and I wasn't so unhealthy looking, <laughs> it wouldn't be quite the story that it is. Yeah. And I'm thankful for that. And I'm thankful for those lows because now I have a story. Yeah. And now people that are in those places, uh, that is... You can give hope. I can give hope 
to the hopeless because I was hopeless. Mm. That's beautiful, babe. I mean, I'll, I'll tie up with this. I, I spoke at that conference last weekend, and, and the title of it was Missing Pieces. Um, and what I did just as a visual was I, I held up some broken bits yeah. of, a, of a plate that I had broken. And I said, this is, this is what our lives look like a lot, all the time, everyone. We're broken. We've got these broken pieces, and we can try to tape them back together. I had one bowl that I had taped back together. There's a couple of missing pieces in there. But when we try to fix it ourselves and self-help and all of these, like, I can, I can do it or I'm just going to keep going and brush it under the rug. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it can look okay on the outside. It can look taped up with clear tape, but it's not usable. God, yeah. can't, God can't use it. You know, because you didn't let him fix it. Because you didn't let him fix it. And yeah. then what I did was I held up this other plate, and um, this plate, as you know, you've seen it. It's full of cracks, and it's been shattered, but it's also been repaired with gold. It's a Japanese art called kintsugi, and it's beautiful. All those broken bits have been fused back together with gold. And it's stronger. And it's stronger. Than it was, yeah. And it's more beautiful. And it's more valuable. And it's usable. And that, those broken pieces, after God restores and heals it, that is what God will do with your story. That's why they call him the Redeemer. I mean, he He came and he redeemed our sins, but he redeems our stories too. Yeah. Um, and only God can do that. And I think it's safe to say, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like God has done that in your life. Absolutely. It wasn't just you choosing to change your diet and your lifestyle. It was, but God's been in it. And I've watched your spiritual life just thrive. Yeah. Um, God bamboozled me. He did. He tricked me into thinking I was just trying to get abs. You can't compartmentalize. <laughs> you can't compartmentalize. That, that's where prayer snuck in. Yeah. So and, even yeah. just like you can't compartmentalize uh, unhealth, I guess you can't compartmentalize health because it bled into all the areas of his yeah. spiritual life and emotional life and our marriage. And um, That's pure gold. It's pure gold. So thank you, Jesus. Guys, I hope that um, there have been bits and pieces of this story today that have been an encouragement to you. Shay, is there anything, if a wife is listening or if or if um, if if she, maybe she wants her husband to tune in and listen. I, we've had a couple of people that listened to our first conversation that yeah. shared it with their husband. So if there's anything you want to say to them, um, I'm just going to mm. let you do that. I would say it to all the husbands out there, it is, there's so much life and there's so much joy and fulfillment. Um in the pursuit of greatness and, and what this journey that I've been down. Not greatness, and but God. Absolutely. I, it is greatness. But he wants to he wants us to do everything we everything that we do, we need to do it to the best of our ability. And he's given us that in, inside of us. And I just think that, you know, if you're sitting around and you're thinking like, ah, oh, I just I guess maybe I could do that. It's not don't don't toy with the idea. Just do it. Because it'll change your life. It completely changed my life. Every aspect of it, I mean, from physically to your confidence, whatever it is that you're looking for, pursue this and do it and just and just go down this road 
and it, it completely changed my life and it'll change your marriage. It'll change your relationship with your kids. And this isn't something that I've read. This is something I've lived in the last year and it completely changed my life. And I'm so excited now for the future, but I also am not worried about the future because I have right now. And I just think that you have to make that first step. And I think that this, if you hear nothing else, uh, our decisions matter and it has got to be you making that decision. And all you have to do is take that first step and I promise you it's worth it. It'll change your life. Thank you, babe. Thank Thanks you. for coming back. <laughs> of course. Glad, Thanks for having me I'm, back. I'm glad that you didn't you didn't turn me down. I would never turn you down. I mean, yeah. just look at you. Oh wow. Wow. It's a nice one. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, baby. And yeah, I'm so incredibly proud of you. And your podcast you. is, you know, we're going after if this just impacts one person. Yeah. For the one. Know, for the one. And uh, I hope that there's somebody out there, and I just I love hearing people's stories. I remember of, the quote. Absolutely, I remember the quote. It was nothing worth having comes easy. That's it. It was better at the end. It was better at the end. Nothing worth having comes easy, and I I know that Hannah and I we pray for uh, for people to be impacted by this, and uh, yeah, we you know we've got socials at Shea Mooney. At Hannah Love Billingsley, I think is yours, no, maybe. Hannah Billingsley. Hannah Billingsley. Sorry, babe. That's okay. Uh, the handle you was know, taken, the handle was taken. Know, uh, we've been married almost seven years. And the handle's taken, but so are you. And yeah, so that's all that matters. That's all that matters. And uh, but yeah, if you ever have any questions, <laughs> I love getting on there. And I really do reply back to people because this, beyond my career, I love hearing these stories and I love talking with people. And I think people are sometimes surprised that I've messaged them back. I'm just on there like, you can do uh, this, Bob. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? really. Because though, really. I, I he, he love it. I love it so, so much. I get very excited because I. Their stories, I'm so. blown away that people have been impacted by my story, and I just simply maybe it's coming out of a selfish place, but I love whenever people are impacted by this story because it's just it is so not me, and I'm just I love getting to hear those stories, and I love. You know, being able to help somebody is just a, I, I love that so much because I, this changed my life and I just, I want that for people. I feel so good. I selfishly want others to feel that. <laughs> I really, really do. And I, I love it. It is literally the lifeblood of, of, it really, it helps me and it inspires me to keep going, to hear those stories. And I, I know it's going to change your life too. And again, this is not some specific diet consistency in your life. You can't compartmentalize discipline. Let's go out. Let's be great. Lead your home. Be great husbands. Be great fathers. And God's going to use you in a huge way. Wow, babe. I was just waiting for you to start singing the Rocky music. And I tell you. (laughs) Guys, we love you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your, for your patience and, and, uh, and just we're praying for you this week and in any week that that someone tunes on to listen to this we're just going to pray over every year that hears so we That's love right. you guys and uh we'll we'll see you next time thank you so much for listening today if this episode has encouraged you please feel free to share this show with your family and friends there's a lot of stuff going on in the world today and my hope is that this show is a candle in the dark <laughs>